Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Grindstone Adventures, episode 24. Um, last week, we, or two weeks ago, we had a server-side member um, from Western Ohio on the show, and we talked a lot about hunting. Um, this week's guest is also a server-side member, and they run their own outdoor show, um, the 605 Outdoors Show on YouTube. Go ahead and give them a like and a follow. Um, today, we got Braden on the line. So, how you doing today, Braden? Doing all right. How about yourself? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. Just working and having fun. So you're over there, out there in uh, South Dakota, and you just told me right before we started recording that it had just snowed today. Yeah, in the higher hills, anyways, higher elevations. Okay. Well, just for everybody, just for you know, we're recording this on August 25th. And right now where I'm at, it's 89 degrees. But over there in South Dakota, it snowed today. So I know I, I'm meant for southern areas of this country. <laughs> yeah. Usually uh, we'll have three and a half, four foot of snow up until the first of May in the higher elevations. Oh, my. I, I couldn't do that. that that's got to make it really, really challenging to hunt, too. Um. It's pretty good because that's usually around um, when we run mountain lion season, so. Okay, okay. So you guys chase some big cats? Yes, sir. What, what's that like? I've never done that. Well, here we can't use dogs, so most of the time we just uh, cut a track early in the morning before the sun comes up, um, get to a good spot where you think you could possibly call one in, and. 90% of the time it don't work because you can't see them come in but <laughs> but they can come in they can smell or see you right away oh yeah I, I've never even seen a mountain lion in person I, I would be curious as to how I would react to seeing one it's a different feeling knowing that you're being watched by something that could get you instead of you getting them I'm sure that would be that'd be that, that would be a a crazy experience, but something that'd probably be super fun at the same time. Oh, it's definitely an adrenaline rush. So, uh, well, uh, why don't you go ahead and give us a brief introduction about you and uh, Tracy and what you guys do and where you're from, how old you are. I mean, I've already said where you're from, but uh, how old you are, how long you've been hunting, and how long you've been running 605 Outdoors. Uh, this is our second year doing the, doing the YouTube thing, so. Okay. Uh, starting out is pretty tricky trying to figure out, you know, how you talk to a camera versus just talking to regular people. Yep, yep. Um, uh, we're from western South Dakota. We don't really do anything on the east side of the state. It's more flat and ag land than anything. And on our side, it's uh, we got the mountain range and then the badlands. Okay. Oh, how close are you to the badlands? Uh, about. 15 minute drive from my house. Oh, no kidding. That, that's something I've always wanted to go see. So, we uh, bounce around in there and chase mule deer with the bows quite often. That sounds like a lot of fun. So, so you yeah, more of a muley or a whitetail guy? I'm a mule deer hunter and Tracy Tracy's a whitetail guy. Okay. How old are you? Uh, I'm 20 and Tracy's 21. Okay, okay. All right. 
how, how long you guys been hunting together? You guys just been together and decided to make it your thing and something like that? Or you guys both get into it and that's how you met? Uh, we've been both been hunting since we could, so 10, 11 years old. And then uh, we became friends six or seven years ago. And ever since then, we pretty much do everything together. That's pretty cool. So she's the whitetail person, you're the muley person. Well, Tracy's a guy, so... Oh, okay, okay, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets that a lot. Oh, I'm sure he does. Um, <laughs> so, I've one of my buddies had been out west, got a mule deer. And, you know, I've never tasted it, but he's tasted whitetail and mule deer, and he tells me that mule deer is not that great. What's, what's your take on it? Um, a lot of guys that come up west, they don't, I don't know how to really go at that. It depends on how you hunt them, because a lot of guys will bump them and they'll be up and moving all day, and then uh, they won't taste as good, versus the way most guys hunt whitetails, you sit and, you know, you wait. Right. Mule deer, you gotta actually get out and go get them. Right. But uh, a lot of guys will bump them up, and then they'll get all hot, and that's when that's when I've seen most guys say that they don't like them. I mean, I've yet to make a judgment on it. I want to, you know, I want to cook it myself before I make a judgment on that because I yeah. think I think possibly my buddy just did not cook it the right way because you know I've had some bad fish before, and then I go back and I cook it the second time instead of someone else, and it tastes just fine. So. Yep, and that's kind of, the way I look at it. That's kind of like a catfish versus a walleye, really. It's yep, all about how you know. cook it. Yep, and and it it also depends on where you get them out here because the muleys I hunt are are usually on they're they're hanging out in the cornfields ninety percent of the year. Really, and then uh, but a lot of places like the public land, of course, they don't they don't have access to ag so they're out there eating all the sagebrush and just mm -hmm. prairie grasses right right and the stuff you see on tv yep okay so you guys been at the youtube thing for two years um i just started the youtube thing in january uh like i started this podcast what what's the most challenging part of it that you guys ex have experienced so far uh, it's definitely getting, not so much getting the content, it's putting it all together in a way that you want to have other people see it. Mm -hmm. So the editing then, aspect. Yeah, and then uh, just getting the views simply on it is <laughs> another challenging part for sure. Oh yeah, I know that part already. <laughs> the views are hard to come by. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I, I pretty much went with the philosophy, I'm just going to stick it out tried true whether I got five people watching or I got 500 people watching and maybe one day you know people look at me like they look at Michael Waddell but you know I'm nowhere near the hunter Michael Waddell is yeah, I don't think either of us are I mean that guy's cool though like his on screen persona his abilities they're just nuts but one day I hope to be that good and I, I think it's, I don't necessarily think it's all about just shooting big deer either. I think you have to have the personality cut out for it. Yeah, yep, yeah, I agree. I 100% agree. 
because if you ain't fun to watch on TV or you're just bland and dry the entire time, your show's probably not the most entertaining, so I'm probably going to go find someone else's stuff to watch. Yep. But, so we uh, try we try to do different things like if uh, like we'll go out and shoot try to shoot prairie dogs with the bows and whatnot like that yeah just make just have fun days every once in a while I mean that that sounds like a lot of fun actually I I, I should have been doing something similar to that last week uh, I had a groundhog at like 30 yards in front of me and I didn't have my bow on me and then minutes later that groundhog became dinner for a bobcat but uh, I didn't have my bow for either one of them which sucked, but it was it was a cool video to take. Yeah, I definitely I, I feel like uh, you guys definitely have better bobcat opportunities than we do. That's for sure. Well, I wouldn't call them opportunities. We're not allowed to shoot them up here. They <laughs> oh, are, really? They are protected up here, but they are a problem. We need a season. There, there's so <laughs> many of them nowadays, and the, like it seems like predator hunters up here in Ohio area, West Virginia, whatever it's becoming like people just don't predator hunt as much anymore so the coyote population's massive the bobcats you're not allowed to hunt them so their population's getting massive because there's no predators to either one and uh ohio is i think they changed their regulations this year on turkey season i don't really know for sure because it was the first year of turkey hunted but the the poults are definitely feeling the effects the predators are getting worse and turkey numbers are starting to get kind of lower yeah. it's pretty it's pretty balanced here when it comes to predators and turkeys we've got a pretty good we have a pretty good population of turkeys but we have a lot of predator hunters that come through up here yeah i mean i, I do a lot of predator, predator I hunting I, I don't know what, where he went but uh if you've ever listened to working class bow hunter kurt went yep. on a, a a lion hunt but i don't know where he went uh that was that was up here was it up there okay yep Okay. Uh, that was with uh, another group of YouTubers that I know personally up here, the Buckstorm guys. Buckstorm, that that name really sounds familiar. Uh, they work a lot with the working class bow hunter guys. Okay, that's probably where I've heard them from. See, I've met Kurt, Doug, and a couple other the working class guys. Clint Casper, one of the, he runs the CC files. And I don't know if you've checked that out there. It's like a spinoff of the. Uh, working class through the same you know if you're on Spotify it's under the same stuff but Clint is a uh, mule deer chasing monster and he's from my hometown actually I played my freshman year of high school football his brother was his younger brother was a senior so but uh, I I got to meet those guys got to meet breaking point guys and white tail adrenaline we went to the bars and stuff It, it was a really cool experience and a lot of fun I'll tell you what those boys they put some hurtings on some bush light. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah. No. I, I know yeah. Breaking Point goes to North North Dakota to hunt late season. Um, and I think just early season is when they... I think they're up there right now, actually. But, uh... Yeah. I, I've North been Dakota's... curious about it, wanting to maybe try and get a tag up there but I haven't done any research is it like out of state guys do they have to draw for whitetail or muleys or is yeah, it like um, over the counter so we don't have an over the counter system but when it comes to archery tags they're actually doing a bunch of changes to the non-residents this upcoming year okay uh, but in the past years you could go online the deadline for non-resident was 
is in the beginning of April. So if you get online before then, and you can, you can just purchase an archery tag, and they're uh, they're an any deer archery tag. Okay, okay. Do you, what do you know? What kind of prices non residents run? I think it's two hundred and fifty bucks. Okay, I think that's not terrible actually. It's about Ohio's non resident. Yeah. And we, uh, we're all, or my grandparents and dad and uncles and everybody are originally from western Nebraska. Okay. So we, we, we kind of all grew up mule deer hunting, and none, none of us have really been interested in whitetails. And, uh, frankly, none of us have really sh- ever shot any big whitetails. My grandpa, when he was 16, shot a pretty decent one with a, eight inch drop time that's probably the coolest white tail I've seen that sounds like a nice one so you, is the scoring system different on mule deer to white tail I think the racks get bigger on mule deer don't they uh, they do and they uh, there's just some different measurements on them like uh, oh, I don't know how. so there's, I think there's different mass measurements than on the white tails. Okay. So what what's the biggest mule you've ever killed if you if you're into the scoring stuff? Uh, 197 and three eighths. That, that's a that sounds like a monster. Yeah, he's uh, pretty big. I shot him in Nebraska in 2020 with, with a bow. bow or? 15, yeah, with my bow at 15 yards from behind a hay bale. 15 yards. Did he walk up on you while you were at the hay bale, or did you, you put a yep. stock on him? Uh, we actually, we were on the edge of the cornfield, and they were down in this little cedar cut, and they were funneling up towards the corn, so we hurried up and just got kind of behind the bales, and thinking that's the way they were going to head, and they ended up walking right in front of us. And Oh, my goodness. Yeah, after, after I walked up on him, I couldn't breathe. I could just freaking out and he's got two broken points so he would have went over 200 if he wouldn't have broke yeah was that on all on film uh that was that was right before we started filming okay okay that that sounds yeah. like it'd been a crazy cool hunt to watch yeah it would have that's just, that's kind of what started the whole uh we should film hunts thing really yeah i don't know how i would react walking up on a 190 some inch deer Mule deer, mule deer or whitetail, like I, I don't know what I'd do. Yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty nuts. And then last year, so Tracy goes on a family hunt every year. They got a place kind of close to the Missouri River. Okay. Um, and they go on a family hunt every year, and he usually don't record nothing over there. I think he's gonna try this year, but he shot his biggest whitetail last year, and it was right over 160 inches. Okay, that, that's a that's a real nice one. That's bigger than anything I've ever shot. I'm gonna say I shot a 150 last year, but that's a that's a good buck. I got a, I got he's probably right at the 150 155 mark. He's a big eight point that I have on camera. Mm-hmm. Eight points, then like I've no of all the different shows I've watched. There's a lot of guys out there who are like, man, my one of my hitless bucks before I die. Is I got to get a big monster, mature, typical eight-point mainframe. Yeah. Uh, I didn't understand the draw of it until I killed my mainframe eight last year. Um, there's something about that though. It's it's a cr- awesome buck because typically if they're scoring big points as an eight-point, they're thicker and crap. 
real thick. Oh, yeah, he's, he's probably got 10, 11-inch brow tines and just monster G2s, and he follows, his mask follows all the way out to the front. Yeah. It's, you got him on camera impressive. regularly? Yep. Okay, okay. What kind of, uh, what kind of preseason prep have you, you guys been after or done or whatnot? Like, well, what's your preseason look like? Well, it's pretty dry. It's actually really dry up here this year. Uh, but we got an irrigation ditch that runs down along the corn. Mm -hmm. Uh, we've kept that, we've kept it pretty full of water. So that way there's, there's water on the place. Um, I've got cameras set up pretty much on every little tree belt around the corn and then, uh, one up by the irrigation dam and then uh i was throwing corn out early this summer but it's we get we can't uh put corn out or anything like that during season so it gets cut off four or five weeks before season starts okay makes sense and say i only use corn to take inventory and see what i got to look at this year and that's that's all i use corn for yep and uh this year uh, my girlfriend is going to try to shoot her first deer, so... Oh, cool. I hope she gets it. Yeah, she's just got a white-tailed buck tag, so I've been kind of watching. That's that's the main reason I've been watching the white-tails this year. Yeah. I mean, then, that, that uh, sounds awesome. Has she been, sh- like, shooting bow, or is she shooting crossbow, or...? She's shooting a rifle. Okay, okay. You guys a lot of bottleneck rifles up there? Uh, we can shoot. Like, we, any, any, we can use any cartridge. During, okay. We only have we have rifle season and archery season, and then uh, late season muzzle loader. Okay. Okay. Yeah, in Ohio we got uh, archery, and then we call it gun season. We're allowed everything from you know a handgun with a long enough barrel up to a straight wall cartridge rifle, and then muzzle loaders, and then there's a late season muzzle loader. But yeah, we're not allowed anything bottleneck. Gotcha. So um, our I shots got, are pretty, pretty limited in the distance that we can go. Uh, this guy just showed up to buy this wheel real quick, so. Okay. Okay. No problem. Alrighty, we are back, ladies and gentlemen. There's a brief, a brief pause right there, but we are good to go. So, uh, to be honest with you, I don't even remember where we were at, but. Uh, um, uh, talking about how you guys can't use uh, bottleneck cartridges. Oh, okay, yeah. Ohio is a uh, straight wall cartridge and down. And that's it. Uh, for what reason? I don't know. Cause Northwest Ohio, I could see it. It's flat as heck up there. You watch a dog run away for two weeks. But where I'm originally from, you can't go more than five minutes without seeing a hill that's taller than your car. So I don't understand why. But you know, I don't make the rules. So I just I don't even really gun hunt anymore either, so it, it don't bother me anymore, I guess. I got a 350 Legend anyway, so. Yeah, we don't do too much gun hunting after after I started bow hunting. I don't know how, how many years I've been bow hunting now. Probably eight. Okay. Yeah, it, it, um, there's a definite romance to bow hunting over gun hunting. Yep. It's a lot more personal and takes a little bit more strategy, I feel, than going out and shooting something with a rifle. Exactly, exactly. I, I I don't have to just wake up hungover on a Saturday morning and walk out, look at a deer from 300 yards away and back, guess this is over, and bang, and done. I, 
I gotta, you know, like you said, put some strategy, some thought into it to get that deer within 40 yards. Yeah. So is there anything else you guys like to hunt out there? You predator hunt, lion hunt, mealy, whitetail? You guys do any elk hunting or anything like that? You know, um, we'd love to elk hunt, but uh, it's uh, definitely not an every year thing in this state. We have enough elk to do it every year. Um, but some guys have spent 25, 30 years trying to draw a tag here. Mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, that's challenging. Is it a yeah. is it a process where you have to buy the tag and all that stuff and then wait to see if the drawing comes back and then you get your money back? Or is it you just throw in some money for the drawing, wait to see if you draw? Uh, you just, uh, you go online and then you, you pick what you want, what, uh, what season and what, uh, unit and everything like that you want. Okay. You go through that, you select all that stuff, and then it's like a $10 conservation fee to be put into the drawing, and then if you do draw, you can choose whether you want the tag or not, and that's what you pay. Okay, okay. That's pretty similar to Pennsylvania. You guys got... Any hopes or dreams to go bear hunt or anything like that out there? Um, there's definitely, we don't, we, we get some bears passing through every once in a while. There's definitely not any resident bears here. Okay. Uh, but in October, we're actually meeting up with another service side me member in West Virginia for a bear hunt. Oh, no kidding. We, you guys are meeting in West Virginia to do it? Yep. We're, we're about in West Virginia. Uh, he said the closest town is Charleston. Okay, that, that's the state capital. Uh, it's right on 64 and 77, uh, yep. two major highways. Yeah, I'm, I live about an hour west of that right now. Yeah, I actually uh, spent the last two years working from West Virginia to North Carolina. Oh, no kidding. What do you do for work? Uh, directional drill. Oh, on like rigs and stuff for oil? Nope. Uh, we put in uh, utilities, gas lines, water lines, stuff like that. Okay, okay. So you, you, you guys probably work with some of the people in my industry pretty pretty regularly. So I work for a company called Acura Inspection. Um, yep. Yeah. So I don't know if you've worked with us before or not, but that that's what I do. I'm a helper on an x-ray rig. Yeah, I did in uh, West Virginia. There was a couple guys from your guys' company that were there. I could probably name who they were if you described what they look like, but we don't we don't need to get into that. Because <laughs> uh, West Virginia, there's there's one office, and it's right next to Huntington where I'm located. And then they cover all the way across West Virginia, all the way up to Southern Ohio, Marietta area. Gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, I could probably name name him off. You know, be like, that, that's a good guy. He's a hard worker. He knows what he's doing. Or guy don't know shit. Whatever it is, but. <laughs> I mean, I really don't know what I'm doing because I'm just a helper, but, yeah. It's a, it's a good gig, so I'm sure you make some good money since you've been traveling that far. Yeah, I uh, my dad's been doing it for 21 years, and then I got into it. He I've been sitting on a drill since I could walk, basically, and then uh, okay. once I turned 18, I started traveling all over the place, except for, uh, you know, the last two years I've been on the East Coast, I spent 90% of the time in North Carolina. We uh, were staying in a house right by uh, North Popsville Beach. Okay. 
Okay, I know where it's at. So I did more fishing than I did uh, working. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and then I ended up having a kid, so now I'm stuck here at home. Hey, it happens. I'm sure you wouldn't trade so. it for the world, though. Nope. Gives so. me more time to more time to be home to watch deer, anyways. Right. You ever gonna go back down North Carolina to work or whatnot? Um, we've talked about possibly moving down there. I've thought about it. It, it, something about that state, man. Something about that state. It's just, it's mild. Don't get too hot. It don't get too cold. You got the mountains. You got the beach. It, it's got everything. That and the housing, the housing there is uh, a, fra a fraction of what it costs here. Like for a trailer house here, I could buy a five bedroom house there. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Huh. So. Well, I mean, if you ever get back down there and, you know, you're looking to do some hunting or whatnot, um, I, I did a lot of research on bear hunts this year because I wanted to get into it and do it as, like, a, a side hobby because typically bear seasons are pretty good in the fall around up here where I'm from. But uh, I've learned that that's a false sense. Um, it's not really a a active thing that people just assume they're active because you, you get all these Facebook posts shared and hey I seen a bear here I seen a bear there um, but the best bear state in the area from what I was told is North Carolina and someone told me I don't know how true this is but the state record or the national record bear came black bear came out of North Carolina so I read that somewhere as well because I was when we were down there I was looking into it and they don't have a spring season mm-hmm and of course, when I'm working on the road, I come back home to to deer hunt and whatnot. Right. So the times just didn't line up well enough for me to stay there and bear hunt while having time to come here and deer hunt. So what are you gonna do if you move down there? Are you gonna trade muleys for black bear? Uh, no, I'll definitely still come home <laughs> because we, we can get uh, landowner tags here for pretty cheap. Okay. Yeah, that, that would make a lot of sense. So even if I moved there, I wouldn't have to pay the the um, non-resident fee. Right, right. And as long as you got a mailing address or a piece of property with your name on it, you're you're good to go. Yeah, so. Um, so, excuse me, <clears throat> some Miller Light. Uh, but uh, so, what, what's your plans for this season? What kind of hunts you got coming up? And what are you looking forward oh, yeah. to most? Um, definitely. Next week for sure. I've been watching four bucks that are uh, 180 plus for sure. Okay, and you're talking nearly archery season yeah. opens up next week. Yep, Gosh. archery season opens September 1st for us. I need to get into a western state just for that reason alone. <laughs> so I'm gonna try to. I've been watching one in particular. He's probably upper 190s, typical buck. Okay, that's a that's a monster. Yeah, he's uh, definitely one of the biggest mule deer I've ever seen. What kind of so, like resources, uh, homework do you put into that stuff? You spend a lot of time glassing, or yep. do you put up a lot of cameras and you know do your um, observational sits or whatnot around the ag fields? Mule deer aren't quite like whitetail. You can't really, they don't really have a set path that they're going to walk every day. Like I could, I could go out and find a whitetail and then figure out what path he takes to go in and out of the cornfield. I get pictures constantly of them every day. Mm -hmm. 
uh, the mule deer, they're either going to be laying on that hill over there or they'll be over there. The next day, they could be across the highway two miles up the road. It just kind of depends. Okay. Always so, a constant challenge for you guys then. Yep. Yeah, so 90% of the time, it's a lot of wasted gas and sore eyes from looking through binoculars. <laughs> Uh, that, that sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Like, I wouldn't know where to begin on a mule deer hunt, but I would love the chance to do it. But uh, So you got some big monsters you're looking at this year for mule deer season. Um, are there any other hunts you're going to go on this year that you guys been planning and working on? Uh, the, the bear hunt in West Virginia is a pretty big deal because, you know, we don't really have the opportunity in our state. Right. And it's going to work out because we don't have... In the beginning of October, we'll be heading to Nebraska to do some mule deer hunting down there, and then uh, the end of October, we'll be in West Virginia. Okay, okay. I will have just uh, moved back at that point, so I'll miss you guys then. Other than that, I think uh, just some coyote hunting and plenty of bird hunting. I do a lot of geese and duck hunting. Oh, do you? Yeah. Do you guys do any, like, uh, pheasant, quail, dove hunting? I, I dove hunt quite a bit, or I did before. I, I, deer, I, I dove hunted a lot before I shot that big deer in Nebraska, and then since then I haven't been dove hunting one time. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a addiction change? Yeah, so. Okay, yeah, I was watching Meat Eater the other day. I, I'm like on, I don't know, season seven or eight now. Um, and, and, like, it, you you can guess x-ray rig i get a lot of downtime while i'm getting paid so i, I can sit and watch a lot of stuff on phone and truck um but he said that uh what was it dove is the most killed and tagged animal of any species in the united states yeah that's that's crazy we we we, we get a pretty good bunch that come through here but it's a short period of time before it gets too cold for them because mm -hmm. the dove season dove season opens the same day as archery season okay so you usually get uh, two or three weeks of good dove hunting and then after that it's, they, they head south is it like a season limit or is it like daily bag limits like you know squirrel or pheasant or something like uh, that it's daily bag limits uh, it's I think it's 15 a person okay they're not much bigger than the palm of your hand right no no, they're they're pretty small. Okay, I've never been dove hunting before. I've I've gone pheasant hunting a handful of times. I'm a terrible shot at that stuff. Yeah, we're uh, that's pretty much what we're known for in South Dakota is pheasant hunting. Okay, so uh, hmm, let's dig into this bear hunt a little bit. Um, so are you guys going with open expectations? You know, if you come back with tag soup, you you're happy for the experience and more educated for the next time you do it or oh, are you going 100%. in there with a great plan that you've been e-scouting you got contacts there that's been helping you out like what, what's your plan what's your, what have you been going through what, what's your hopes and expectations for it so the guy we're going down with he's a service member his name's Drew okay uh, he's got he's got cameras out and tree stands set ready to go but he's pretty much been doing the scouting for us okay um, we're actually trading him because he, he actually does hunting leases. Oh, really? So instead of us paying for the lease, we're going to take him on a mule deer hunt next year. Oh, how cool. I, I know that's something Serviceide does, um, but 
I, I can't trade anybody hunts because I don't hunt my own land and I hunt my buddy's mom and dad's land and there's only a select number of people they'll allow on their property to get permission every yeah. year so I, I don't you know hey come up here and get you know what I mean I, it's just a little bit overstepping my bounds but that's something I want to do in the future is like I want to trade some hunts with people because I want more people to experience hunting in a group hunting by yourself is fun but hunting with someone that shares your same passion there's nothing like it yep and that's kind of why me and Tracy get along so well I mean we fight like brothers 90% of the time but you guys known each other a really long time yeah we uh, grew up racing dirt bikes together okay okay that's what, what do you prefer? You, you prefer yellow, red, blue? Uh, I'm a green. Oh, okay. Kawasaki, okay. Yeah. My buddy, he, he races, uh, what the heck they call it? He used to try and do a little, uh, motor, like supercross, I guess, I don't know, outdoor track, but it was like set up like supercross, but uh, he's now moved into, he's got a gas gas with a large tank, and he does through the woods, and long oh, enduro, long enduro races not quite enduro um they're I don't, I don't even know the name of them but it's similar it's like cross between you know riding your woods and riding in your pasture field and riding on a supercross track all in one but it's not as long as an enduro yeah we got we got quite a few different uh dirt bike opportunities here like there's races like like you just explained and then we got long distance enduro races uh we got outdoor outdoor supercross indoor and we got quite a bit of okay stuff that goes on and then uh snowmobile racing in the winter which i've never even been on one that, that sounds like a lot of fun but it also sounds very cold it's, uh, I definitely like the cold much more than the heat, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm the opposite there. I mean, I, I don't think I am when I'm in the tree stand in the September, getting eaten alive by mosquitoes and sweating while I'm up in the stand, but <laughs> the cold just don't agree with me, so I, I'm, I'd take, you know, 80, 90 degree weather and sweat all day compared to 10 degrees outside and I'm freezing. Yeah, September for us could be either or it could be 110 degrees no wind and just hot or it could be 30 degrees and snowing man that's such a wild fluctuation so but uh you guys gonna be uh baiting in west virginia for bears or are you guys just uh, gonna scout and hopefully get set up on one he's got pattern for you no we're just gonna i guess get out there he's gonna tell us what stand to sit in and we're gonna sit in there and wait for one to walk in and Man, that's awesome. Like, I, I've seen you know a lot of people post on the service side that they've had successful hunt, traded hunts and stuff both ways, and that that's so cool. I, I, I look forward to seeing that one on your guys' YouTube because I'm gonna be paying attention for that one. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about just the whole year in general because I got one of my little cousins. His it's his first year deer hunting, so I'm gonna be taking him out and then. My girlfriend, it's her first year shooting anything other than prairie dogs. And then, uh, you know, we got Tracy's deer, and then we're taking out a couple other guys that are pretty new with the hunting, and then uh, West Virginia, and we'll probably go on a fishing trip or two to the East Coast. Okay. See, I, I respect that deeply, because at the end of the podcast I recorded last night with uh, Chris Wheeler, uh, he's from just east of Cincinnati 
me and him were just starting to get talking about, you know, getting more people into it because our way of life is slowly dying and we want to bring in more people, educate people, get rid of the criticism and the, the chest pounding and be like, nah man, you're out in the woods and enjoying it, you know, what trips your trigger, go for it. Just getting more people out there, getting them to experience everything that hunting and fishing and being outdoors will give you and provide for you in life. We didn't, we didn't get to go into it in depth because his uh, service started to cut in and out. I, I think it was his service or his Wi-Fi, but uh, I'm going to have him on again in the future. We're going to get into that. But uh, I, I respect that you guys you guys doing that too, You know, especially at your guys' age. I'm a couple years older than you guys, but you don't hear many people, you know, between the ages of 18 to even older than I am, like 28, 29, 30 years old that are really getting anybody new into it and trying to prove, like, pass it on their knowledge willingly without, you know, feeling jealous if they shoot a bigger deer or, hey, you can't shoot that yeah. one, that, that's my deer or whatnot. Like, like I, I got a nice, probably 130s, 140s, 8 point on the farm this year I'm looking at, and, uh, the girl I've been dating and I'm just got her back into shooting her bow and I'm gonna get her a license hopefully I can get her permission to hunt the same farm when I'm there if I see that deer coming she's the one that's up to bat I'm gonna be like shoot that thing shoot it uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm more than willing to you know shoot a, a smaller horned deer because I don't care what's on their heads just for the experience yeah you know <sighs> It's not so much that I, after I shot that big deer, because it's been two years now and I've obviously shot deer in between. Mm -hmm. And I bet I definitely don't just shoot big deer. Um, and a lot of guys around here kind of think of me like that as, you know, the guy that shoots big deer, but I'm not. Right. I just, I just enjoy simply going out and deer hunting. Right. Being out there in the, the woods the fields whenever the sun's coming up sun's going down the chase the knowledge you gotta learn to get on deer every little aspect about it is so enjoyable people just yeah, don't like, understand until they do it uh like the deer i shot in 2021 or last year was a 130 inch mule deer and i was just excited just as excited walking up to that deer as i was my almost 200 inch deer and that's what it's all about right there. Like I said, whatever trips your trigger, if you're sitting there and you start shaking at a deer, in my heart, I believe you should shoot that deer because you're excited. Oh, yeah. If you, <laughs> if you look at a hundred and, if you, you know, you shot 120 inch buck this year, next year comes around, you see a 150 inch buck in front of you and you're not even jumping, you're not shaking, nothing. Let that sucker go, wait till something else comes up. Because if you walk yeah, up to it and you're not excited, then you probably didn't shoot the deer you were hoping for no matter what's on its head and for me i get buck fever i see a four point walk in front of me you know i, I just love <laughs> seeing deer in front of me like it, it's awesome to me i don't care what i shoot as long i try and shoot mature deer i want them to get old enough and pass their bloodline down but at the end of the day you know i'm i'm a meat eater I, i'm i'm out there to fill my freezer yep and if you watched, if you if you go on my YouTube, there's a, the video on me shooting shooting that buck last year. And uh, after I shoot him, when I walk up to him, you know, I, you can, I'm breathing heavy and just excited. That's, that's awesome. I, I'm I'm explaining the situation. You know, I'm, that, that's exactly what I said. Is it's not always 
I said, you know, it's not always about the size of the antlers, but, you know, if it gets you excited, you should probably shoot the deer. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> why, why don't you break it down for us, the YouTube stuff, like, what you guys, you know, I, I don't want to, like, sound corporate here or anything like that, like, kind of like, what's your mission statement, what's your guys' goals for it this year? Um, we kind of talked about what you've learned from it already. Um, what's your goals this year? What, what what do you want it to be educational or um, you know just a a show to keep people entertained or something like that and then what what's your goals for the future of this show you know really I mean at the end of the day everybody that's what everybody wants to do for a living if you're into this stuff is you want to you want to be able to do what you love every day oh 100% but if it never comes to that then you know we just want to show people what we enjoy doing and just bring because i for me it's it's hard to find like a bunch of people that mule deer hunt on youtube mm -hmm. like there's a select few people that actually video their mule deer hunts versus you can go on there and find a million videos of whitetail hunting yeah every day oh yeah so it's kind of just something different because I don't, I don't see a lot of people doing it, and I just, yeah, we one day we just, I shot the big deer and we were like, yeah, let's just start sharing our hunts with people, and showing them how things work here versus wherever. That, that's awesome, man. What I got, I, I'm kind of curious now. I start thinking about it. What is the name Six O Five Outdoors from? That, that's your area code, right? Yep. Okay. Was that the reasoning behind the name? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah. So we sat, we sat down and we're discussing for like two and a half weeks on what what it should all be called. And yeah. Six oh five was was stuck there, but we didn't know what to put after it. And after two weeks, finally, we just decided on outdoors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that process of trying to figure out what to call things or what to name something that. That's more challenging than people think. Uh, I'm not the most creative person, and I came up the Grindstone Adventures name. Um, and what it was was, I, I'm a big fan of Tyler Childers, and his song "Knows the Grindstone" really stuck with me. And it, it like resonates with me. And I was like, man, that's an awesome name. I was like, what do I put after it? Well, I don't want to like limit my viewers to this or that. You know, if people want to go mudding and they want to see mudding videos, like, I'm all for that, too. Huh. People like to go hiking. I, I like to go hiking. Learn some things from different people going hiking and stuff like that. What do I call this thing? So I was like, well, those are all adventures. Well, why not call it Grindstone Adventures and a little bit of everything? See, and that's kind of where the outdoors came from, because at the time, we still both raced new bikes, and mm -hmm. we shed hot, and we, you know, we do all kinds of stuff. And then now it's kind of just resorted to pretty much just hunting, but. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think you guys are doing a great job on it. Uh, you know, I, was, I briefly looked over your, your YouTube channel and looked down through your guys' posts on Serviceide and whatnot. So like, I, I got a good understanding of what's going on with you guys and stuff like that. Um, uh, if I haven't mentioned it already, listeners it, it, go give them a follow you know like their stuff you know, people like him and me growing trying to grow our 
YouTube channels and stuff, it don't go anywhere without, you know, people that like what we do and are supportive. And I, I'll say this to everybody and every, anybody and everybody, the outdoor community is one of the most open and awesome communities in all of the world. Um, you know, you got your football community, you got your, your working community, you got your friends from college, whatnot, and different cliques and stuff that people can be pretty closed minded and stuck on that stuff only and not want to help you. They don't want you to grow past them or whatnot. But the outdoor community, people, at least that I've talked to, they're all about, you know, let, let, let's, let's see how we can help you, give you advice, and get you to the next level. Yeah, it's kind of like, so I was working in Iowa this summer, and uh, they have the, the whitetail. I can't remember exactly what it's called. It's a big, big banquet deal. Okay. And uh, we went up there, and we met Tim Wells, and we were talking to him for probably two hours or so. Okay, yeah. That, and, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, he was kind of the same way. He didn't want to, just because he's, you know, a big, big guy in the outdoor industry. He wasn't like, oh, you know, you're who you are, you know. Like, right. He just talks to everybody like you would talk to anybody normally, and mm -hmm. he. Uh, we ended up talking about mule deer a bunch, and he uh, in Nebraska. So we own our place in Nebraska, and you can you can spear deer in Nebraska. Spear deer? What, what do you mean? Like throw a javelin at them? Yeah, like use an actual spear. That's awesome. I gotta I gotta get there and try that now. Well, I'm not allowed to anymore, but. <laughs> I actually destroyed my shoulder throwing javelin in college, so I don't know if I'd be allowed to do that anymore, but that's something I would love to do. So he, uh, we ended up talking about that for a little while, and he said that if I ever had, somehow had the opportunity to let him come up here and spear it, just let him know, so. That's awesome. Like, see, I, I've, I've pitched similar ideas to uh, Brennan and Aaron from Breaking Point. Like, I was like, hey, man, like, my family, we have a property in Southern Ohio cabin. It's like, I, I can never remember the exact acreage of it. It's either, it's got a two in it. That's all I know. It's 12 or 20 acres, something like that. I was like, I can't get you permission to hunt on that property. I said, however, you have a place to sleep right next to our property. There's 1100 acres of public hunting land. That's an old strip mine that's been reclaimed. I was like, that's, it's a challenge. And if you get a deer down there, it's going to be an all day thing, all night thing, get it out. I said, but if that's something you guys are interested in, you know, let's, let's get it rock and roll. And, you know, I'll, I'll video it if you guys want me to, or, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll buy the first case of beer or, you know, I'll cook dinner for everybody while I'm hunting too. I was like, you know, cause I, I think that'd be cool. Like have the opportunity to bring guys that are established, come over and check out what it's like. Cause they're, you know, they're up in Wisconsin, hunt North Dakota and out West and stuff. They've been looking at trying to get in Ohio. It's just they haven't been able to match your tags and stuff up to get over here. But yeah, and see, that's 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 one of our big things. Is try, like we want to hunt out of state. Like we really want to do a, a Colorado elk hunt, but we want to do an early season Colorado elk hunt. September, with our bows. yep. I, I got the same dream. And uh, I got a place to stay and family over there. It's just trying to find the time between not finding deer and going finding a deer that you want to shoot and giving that up to go possibly get an elk right yep yep what i what i need to do one year if i i've already said it if i shoot if i shoot a big deer this year i think i'm just not gonna not gonna scout that next summer and i'm just gonna go to colorado and forget deer for the first month there you go there you go yeah I, i'm 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 uh 
I'm going all in this year for the first time on multiple hunts. Um, typically, you know, I, I've been just an Ohio hunter, and once I get my deer, I'm done. I've never actually tagged out or anything. I tried to tag out last year, but I moved out of state after I shot my deer, like days after I shot my deer, I moved out of state. And it was harder to get back and hunt and stuff. Um, but this year, you know, I got up to Michigan and did a, tur a turkey hunt in the spring up in Michigan. Got, you know that that's some good time to do some scouting for whitetail also so i got some areas up there you know i got some background knowledge on trying to get after a whitetail up there um and i just bought a pa tag this year also so now i'm going to pa to hunt i got a bear tag in pa this year i'm going to hunt and i've got an ohio tag and so i'm like i gotta get on a calendar i gotta mark out certain weekends and watch weather in all three states and you know got I didn't know before this year what kind of planning has to go into balancing multiple hunts out of state and stuff like that. So oh, yeah. It's a challenge that people don't realize, but it it's a challenge everybody looks forward to if they got the opportunity because who, who wouldn't want to, you know, say this is probably not going to happen, but I'm knock on wood just in case it does. Uh, you know, I shoot a monster deer in Ohio this year. And monster deer to me is like, you know, that sucker weighs 250 pounds. Like I said, I don't care what's on their head. I yeah. shoot a monster deer in Ohio. I then go to Michigan. I shoot a good good deer up there. And I'll say I shoot a buck in PA because I'm not allowed to shoot does in PA. You have to draw a tag for them. Um, but I shoot a buck in PA. Who wouldn't want the opportunity to possibly put three bucks in the freezer in one year? That, that's awesome, right? Like, But at the same time, it's also a lot of work. And if you ain't got the finances for it, it can be crippling because, you know, there's fuel costs involved arrows yep, broadheads yeah. stuff like that so that's like uh back to the weather thing is uh the year i shot my big deer when we were headed when we left south dakota it was uh 14 degrees snowing and uh we got down to our place in nebraska and it was 70 degrees and sunny wow so we we ended up having to go to the store and buy different hunting clothing because we were right. going there expecting it to be cold and we just spaced looking at the weather on the way yeah. down there um, yeah there, there's all kinds of things that go into multiple different hunts and stuff like that between states and it's a it's a fun challenge I like to call bow hunting whitetail chess match I like to play chess with the deer now at my out of state hunts it's more or less you know a blind blind stab in the dark because I'm not doing on the ground scouting like I wish I could because I'm working in West Virginia and I've been to like eight states inside of four months so I've been all over the place I don't get time to scout and stuff but I got cameras and I've been on the ground multiple times in Ohio I know the property like the back of my hand I understand what the deer do up there so in Ohio I'm more strategic but in PA Michigan I'm gonna be like all right this looks like a good spot the weather's nice let's go give it a crack type deal but uh, mm -hmm. I don't know do you, do you know who Adam Hayes is? Uh, he runs Team so. Two Hundred. I don't think so. So he's he's a whitetail hunter. Um, there's a guy way before Adam Hayes took over of it. He created this thing called the Moon Guide. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Does the Moon Guide help with mule deer hunting at all? Um. You know, I I really don't think so. Like everybody's. Everybody's worried about like October when the moon's full and whatnot with mm -hmm. the white tails because then then they're more, right. you know, they're going to be more nocturnal. As to where when when you're mule deer hunting, it don't really matter if they're nocturnal or whatever because 
the way you hunt mule deer is you get out, you, uh, you get out early morning, you can find them walking wherever, and if you have a good opportunity to cut them off, then you'll cut them off, but if you don't, you usually watch them until they bed down, and then you, you figure out where the wind is, and you figure out if, if you have an opportunity to get up on them, and if not, you just sit back and watch them all day until they get up to re-bed. Okay. Okay, yeah, I was curious about that, because the moon moon guide is a very, very helpful tool in whitetail hunting. You know, at certain phases of the moon, deer do certain things. Um, just like, you know, there's a cold front pushing through. That big buck's probably going to be getting ready to go to that field right before that cold front and right after that cold front. Um, there's all kinds of different things that come into play with weather in whitetail. I didn't know if that, like, made a difference in mule deer hunting or not. Because, um, you know, watching Steve Ranella go out west and mule deer hunt because he loves the mule deer hunt also. And then the other shows that do go mule deer hunting... They don't really go into much detail about the weather and stuff other than, all right, we got a, you know, a southwest wind or we got a north wind or something like that, and this is what yeah, we're going to do yeah. on it. Uh, wind, and, wind is about the biggest factor when it comes to mule deer hunting, for sure. You know, and, of course, hot days, the deer aren't going to be moving. Right. When it's cold, you got, they're usually up on their feet a whole lot more, and it's a little bit more difficult to figure out exactly where they're going to be, but other than that it's just sitting behind glass and figuring out a strategy to get up close to them okay so yeah it it definitely seems like something i'm gonna have to get get into or at least give a crack at uh because man i just like shooting deer i don't care if they got (laughs) a mule deer or a white tail tag to them it don't matter i just like shooting deer uh you know my one of my goals is similar to the the grand slam or the whatever super slam or something called on turkey hunting all the different species i want to do it deer um you know i've got whitetail under my belt already i want to get a mule deer i want to get the small deer uh coos deer yeah i want to shoot a coos pretty bad uh my grandma lives in arizona and she's right below the mountains so oh that's a pretty good opportunity Uh, pretty good opportunity there i just it's hard to do research on on the tags in Arizona because their system's way different than anything I've seen. Yep, yep. That is one thing. I will give Ohio credit for their ODNR website and rules and regulations. They're pretty easy to understand. Michigan's not too hard to understand. It took me a little bit of time to figure out their system. PA is very very confusing, uh, but that's something that that adds into that challenge that we were just talking about. You know, bouncing between different states to hunt like understand the rules and regulations from state to state and being able to read them and comprehend them is very very mm-hmm. challenging a lot of times you know they big outdoorsmen will recommend you know call the game warden ask your questions and go from there see yeah uh, <laughs> i have called a game warden a few times on a couple of different states that i was interested in like uh i was we were possibly going to do a spring bear hunt in wyoming and i did i just finally gave up and called the game warden he explained it and it was a lot more simple than I thought. Yeah, they, they are the people to call, and at younger ages, you know, you grow up with that sense of authority of something you don't want to be associated with, you know. I still don't like to be associated with cops or have huge conversations with gay wardens just because I like to stay away from uniforms. Um, but at the end of the day, like, they're going to know and keep you out of trouble and probably even have better knowledge to get you set up on, you know, filling your tag than what you will if you just go in blind and you know possibly get in trouble or you spook animals out of the area because you didn't know what you were doing 
So I need to, I've been wrestling with the Tennessee Wildlife Department. I've been trying to get them to give me a call back because so I, I can never get anybody on the phone that, in the area I need to get on the phone because I'm trying to do a uh, late January hog hunt down there. And, you know, I, that's just something I need to get more into and get on top of. But I can't understand their online regulations or nothing. <laughs> and, See, that's kind of... We really want to get into hog hunting, but we don't. We don't have them here, right? Um, yeah, and we ain't got them up here either, really. Closest state for us would be Texas, which is only sixteen hours. Only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, Tennessee's got a decent hog population. Um, I do want to go to Arkansas and do a hog pop, hog hunt, and I want to hog hunt in Texas, but right now with my finances and. Uh, stuff going on Tennessee is only eight hour drive not even eight hours from where I'm living now but you know that that's a very doable thing and I end up getting a pretty nice package from Cabela's um, I got a four-day weekend vacation package from them I paid 150 bucks for and the only thing only catch is I have to sit through a timeshare meeting for two hours and tell them no for two hours straight and then from there you know I got a hotel for free and I can go do what I want Gotcha. Yeah, and so that's the nice thing about the two of, like, Tracy and I, that there being two of us, is, like, our hunt in West Virginia, we're going to drive down, but everything's split in half, mm -hmm. you know, fuel, lodging, everything like that, because he pays half, I'll pay half. And right. Right. Yeah, that that's... Man, I've, I'm excited for you guys. You know, I've never met you guys, but I'm excited for you guys. Hopefully that... That works out well for you and you guys both tag out a nice bear and get taken home because there's a lot of uses for bear their hides look good their their fats oh, yeah. more more usable than pork fat and depending on what they've been eating on they're very very good food to eat yeah i'm pretty excited i think yeah uh when i was on the phone with drew uh you know because we were originally going to fly down there and i was i asked him i said you know how i do like how do I get all the meat and stuff back home when I'm on the plane? He's like, well, I'm not sure. He's like, I've never really had a guy ask mm -hmm. about the meat or was too concerned about it. And I was like, well, I mean, we don't, we don't have the opportunity every year to shoot a bear. So it's kind of something that I want. <laughs> right. Right. So then you were forced to do some more research and explore different yeah. options. So we're, we're, we just ended up saying we're going to drive down there. <laughs> All right. How far is it from you guys to West Virginia? Uh, 17 hours. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. That, that's quite a haul. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully I you... drove from here to North Carolina probably 20 times in the last two years, so I'm pretty used to the drive. Man, the farthest I've drove is straight through is eight hours, and that was rough. I was younger when I did that. Uh, now I, I, on average, I'm driving four or five hours. I pop, no problem. You know, stop, get your Red Bulls or coffee or whatever you do, and keep you awake. And I knock it out. You know, three quarters of a tank of gas, get to where I'm going, do what I'm doing, turn around, do it, and go right back. Because my family's all up in Ohio, where I'm from, and from my apartment, it's four hours. So, and being in Lexington, I'm five and a half, six hours from right now. 
just driving. So, uh, I drove a lot to Iowa this summer, and that's, so we drive across our state, which is a five-hour drive, and then down to, to Des Moines, which is another six. And we'd do that straight through, just two of us. Right. That was that was pretty rough. <laughs> yeah, I bet that was. Man, probably not a whole lot to look at on that drive. No, just a bunch of cornfields. <laughs> that, that would get very boring. My four-hour drive home from my apartment and stuff, it's gotten very boring because I'm on three roads, no, four roads the entire time. Uh, it's I live right off Main Highway. Like I said earlier, hop on 64, shoot to Charleston, go east to Charleston hop on 77 north, hop on 39 once I get to New Philadelphia, Ohio, and then I'm on 39 all the way up until I'm in ready to turn on the Bay Road and my parents live on Bay Road in Carrollton. So it's like, man, this drive gets boring because I've seen everything so many times that there's nothing new to look at. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Definitely think that's the, the biggest issue, but... Tracy and I are going to try to make the West Virginia drive and, and just straight through. Well, hopefully it works out for you guys. And you, you, might, you might see some, that time of the year, you might see some monsters trying to cross the road up around the area. Yeah, and I, I tried looking into, I tried looking into getting a deer tag there as well mm -hmm. so that we could deer hunt and bear hunt at the same time. But uh, the only thing that really comes up for deer deer tags there is is doe and they're like 25 25 bucks which i'd i'd get a doe tag just to say i, I did right right i i don't know nothing about west virginia hunting really um i've never hunted in west virginia even though i've lived here the last year my buddy comes down every year during rifle season to hunt um but i don't know if it's a buck specific tag he buys or whatnot or if it's all included in the license i i don't know nothing about that but uh yeah, maybe maybe you'll be able to get one over the counter. Uh, I know it's not a draw system or anything, even for non-residents, because the yeah. only the only draw in the states around us are Michigan. You have to draw for uh, bears, non-resident, and residents draw for elk. PA residents draw for elk, and non-residents draw for elk, and then uh, Kentucky draw for elk. But other than that, big game is over the counter around here. Yeah. See, and that's what—that's—that's that's another thing that just amazes me is that that you got you guys, the surrounding states down there, have a non-resident season for elk. Yeah, yeah. We we don't. It, it's crazy. Like, I mean, it's not a separate season from resident hunting elk to non-resident. It's all like you know, you just different tag or different license and different amount you pay for the license. But yeah, it, I mean, well. PA is a little different, but not much. But like I said, PA is very confusing. So, and here we don't we don't have a opportunity for a non-resident to shoot an elk at all. Hey, I mean, if you're living in South Dakota, I'd be happy with that. I'd be like, no, you guys go find elk somewhere <laughs> else. This, this is ours. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's how a lot of guys are. I know there's but, been a but, lot of conservation work to get elk back into the eastern part of the United States and get their population numbers up. And yep. they've actually started to do very well for themselves. Kentucky's got probably the biggest, in my knowledge, now I'm, I'm not saying this is verbatim, this, this is probably just my guess, but from my knowledge, Kentucky probably has the biggest eastern elk population 
followed by Pennsylvania, and then I don't know about Michigan. That doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of ground for them up there in Michigan. Yeah, our population has grown a lot in the last few years. Like, uh, I can drive 15 minutes or so and find find elk, no problem. Man, that would be so cool. Like, I've seen them in zoos and little farms that raise them and stuff like that for people to come through and look and feed, but I've never seen a wild elk. And, like, that that's one of the reasons why it's on my bucket list is to hear an elk bugle. And be able to like, I really want to smell one because I, I always hear people talking about like I could smell elk, I could, they're oh, down there, they're down the hill. I want I can smell them. Like, I want to smell one. <laughs> I think it would be so cool. Well, um, you know, if you ever get the opportunity, you can look into it. Like I said, next year they're changing things up, and I don't know how the the tag system is going to work. But if you ever want to come up and try to shoot a mule deer at Withers millions of acres of public land up here that have plenty of mule deer you know what i'm i might take you up on that offer you know that public land thing i was telling you about offered uh breaking point hey if you guys are ever looking to go shoot a public land whitetail or you know try and shoot a public land whitetail in ohio and get your butt kicked or succeed <laughs> let me know we'll, we'll see what we can work out and see if we can't match the schedules up to do it yeah, we're always open for, for taking people out or going other places. So I, I would I would love to shoot a mule deer. Uh, like I said, I don't really gun hunt much, but the only animal I'm 100% certain that if I get to go hunt and I'm going to take a gun for is pronghorn because <laughs> I don't think I have the patience to try and sneak up on one of those things. I'd rather just, all right, there's one. I'm smoking that yeah. sucker. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been hunting them. Uh, this will be the second week in a handle season. <laughs> yeah, you guys see much I, already, or? Uh, I've seen probably 250, 300 head. Wow. But uh, I got in close to two bucks. I got within forty three yards of two bucks in a cornfield uh, Saturday, and uh, I just all of a sudden felt the wind hit the back of my neck. And both their heads come straight up and they ran out to, I was guessing, I didn't have time to range them again or even adjust my sight. So I was guessing he was probably at like 60. Yeah. And I ended up shooting right below him. Oh, man. But uh, then Tracy, he's never, Tracy's never shot a mule deer or an antelope either. Really? So this year we're going to try to get him an antelope and a mule deer. Well, hopefully you guys get him one and then you get you know you get that monster meal that you've got on camera and your girlfriend gets a whitetail and be a huge successful season yeah, i think uh if all goes as planned and the mule do so we got we got one cornfield on the place this year and that's where he's been hanging out there's a cornfield and then there's a big cedar break hill and that's pretty much where he's been hanging out the last four months so if if he's up there he's usually up there when it starts getting hot during the day because there's no wind down through the corn mm -hmm. so i'm thinking he'll probably do the same thing because it's the closest to any water source food and then cover yeah so he i'm pretty sure he'll probably hit the ground opening morning hell yeah that, that's always a good thing get some back straps on the grill right after that 
Yep, and that's the only tag other than the West Virginia bear tag that I, I got this year. Well, from the sounds of that, you know, hopefully you guys, you're successful, but sounds of that, you'll be behind the camera quite a bit then. Yeah, I will. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, that that's just, for, just as fulfilling, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I could, I could sit behind the camera for people all day long. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you know, talking to Chris last night on the phone, I've never met him either. Um, I'm hopefully gonna stay in contact with him, and you know, meet up with him eventually, and then be able to go do some hunts or some shooting or something like that with him. But hopefully, you know, I, hopefully we stay in contact, and you know. I like to create friends in the outdoor community, like I said, and, you know, we're all in this together trying to pass on what we know and love to future generations and people that have never tried it. So hopefully we will get to meet up one day, you know, take me out on Bealey Hunt and I'll try and get you set up on a big white tail. Maybe if I get my own property, get you on one, I know will be a lot better opportunity to succeed. Um, but uh, I, I, I never really realized the opportunity I had in service side to try and do this with other hunters and stuff like a lot of times you know I'll go months and months and months working through the apps on my phone and stuff racking my brains for ideas for podcast guests or topics or stuff like that and because I don't know how I, when I got my iPhone replaced my notifications on a lot of my apps never turned back on and service side was one of those that that notifications just never came back on I noticed it like two months ago and I was like oh man what the I realized I missed so much and now I got them on there and, you know I've been more active on it and stuff and it paid off you know I got you guys on podcasts I got Chris on the podcast last night so it this opportunity like I went into a brief explanation after Chris got off the phone last night this isn't like you know your normal pro staff or whatever I don't even know what we're called are we pro staff or are we just members or field. I don't even number Justin calls us field staff okay yeah I've just been calling myself a member uh, but you know we, we pay our monthly subscription which isn't at all very bad at all um, and then the opportunities that are open to us from that point on are endless like discounts on gear you know hunt swaps knowledge from other people across the country uh, possible friendships that can open up this app is just nuts that we get it for that cheap of a monthly subscription it's yeah. just endlessly awesome and that's like let's go back to the bear hunt you know Tracy and I have been trying to figure out a, a bear hunting deal for the, net, for the last three years and just it's just hard bears are extremely hard to find research on with the tags and everything like that oh yeah and then uh, when we joined Serviceside, I was like, oh, you know what, I'm just going to post on there, see if anybody, you know, could help us out with a bear hunt. And Drew messaged me, and he's like, yeah, dude, you know, this is this is how much my leases are, this is how much everything is, you know. And I agreed to pay what, what he wanted for the lease. I was I was all down for that. And then uh, he mentioned that he wanted to shoot a mule deer. And uh, he said that he, you know, had seen my posts about, all my mule deer stuff and whatnot and he was he's like you know i'd be interested in trading a hunt and i was like you know we could definitely work something out next year for you to get a mule deer and i figured i figured he was gonna be like all right well then next year we can get you a bear hunt but no he was like you know come on down this year we'll get you a bear and then next year we'll figure everything out with a deer right 
Right. It's just good guys in the group. Yep. It goes back to that thing, man. The outdoor community, second to none. Everybody wants you to succeed. Everybody. That's just like, um, you ever heard of the Muley Freak guys? No, I haven't. They're out of Utah. They're pretty big. They're pretty big uh, YouTubers and whatnot. Uh, they get to do it for a living. Okay. And uh, I've become really good friends with uh, one of the co-founders, Eric. Like, I probably text him every day. Hell yeah. And we share all our hunts and stuff together. And, you know, he's got half a million subscribers on YouTube and still just talks to me like I'm a friend. That's what it's all about right there. So, but uh, well, hey man, I, I gotta I hate to cut this off, but it is eight thirty, and I have homework for grad school. I gotta knock out since I'm traveling yeah. home tomorrow and uh, get ready for totally. work tomorrow. But uh, I really appreciate you coming on here, man. Hopefully, we can get you back on here maybe towards middle of season, get an update or end of the season, go over and how it went and what's new with the show and stuff like that, and maybe have. Uh, Tracy on with you and whatnot. Yeah, you know, just you got my number and whatnot. You can shoot me a text and I'll just send me pictures of deer or whatever you get done this year. I'll do the same. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. If you guys ever, you know, you're in the area or whatnot doing some traveling or you're, you guys score early on the West Virginia hunt and you, you know, you're just looking to possibly do something different, you know, hit me up. I'll, I'm, you know, I, I know all kinds of public land in Ohio and, I don't know what the tags are for non-residents, but you know you can get you can get either sex or you can get a doe or a buck tag specifically. You know you score early and you want to come up to Ohio and get a hunt in. Message me in. I'll be more than happy to try and help you out and get you on something. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, we'll be we'll be in West Virginia for sure five days, and then uh, we took another three days off for the drive back and whatnot. So okay. If yeah. we end up, like you said, getting something done early, we, we'll have plenty of extra days of just downtime. So Yeah, even if you guys, you know, want to hit a bar or something for an evening or something like that, you know, just let me know. We'll, we'll figure something out since now i got a wide knowledge of West Virginia and Ohio. Yeah, sounds good. All right, buddy. I appreciate you guys coming on here, man. It, it means a lot to me. Yeah, appreciate you letting us. Hey, no problem. Anytime you guys want back on here, you have ideas or something like that, or you want to do like a swap or something, you guys start a podcast, you need help, or, you know, shoot, bounce ideas off or something like that, you know, like I said, just message me. I'll do the same for you guys. All right. Sounds good. Thank but, you. Yep. Good luck this season, man. Hopefully you get your tags filled. Yeah, you too. All right. Thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you later. Yep. Bye. Bye. Remembered truck radio was on this time. We got it muted before it blew out the speakers. Man, one thing I've learned the last few days doing that, I want to do more podcasts with Serviceside members. I, I want to do way more. That the people you never know what backgrounds they come from or how they do things like that. You just never know what you're going to get, and it's awesome. I like it. Um, man, that. He, like I said earlier, he's younger than me. Uh, you know, I'm turning 26 this year. He's 20. And his buddy's 21, Tracy. 
that's awesome that they're getting into it and getting after it at such an early age compared to most people that start YouTubing and videoing and stuff and posting it and you know it, it takes a little bit of uh, courage to get behind a camera or talk in front of a camera so I give them props you know that's awesome I, ho I hope they have nothing but con success and when they're big and you know have their own channel and they're featured on other outdoor channels you know I can be like hey I know those guys uh, you know be friends with them but uh, I, I hope you guys are enjoying the content if you want to hear more or you want to hear about specific animal hunts or something like that um, you know drop comments shoot me a message personally whatever it is get a hold of me shoot your suggestions to me if you hate what we're doing or you don't like something we, I've done message me man message me I'll, I'll get it fixed I'll I'll take your all, all comments and suggestions are taken under advisement and hopefully we get better for you guys um, I enjoy doing this stuff I'm basically working three jobs doing this right now um, so Without you guys, this is not possible. So I appreciate all the love and the support from the listeners, um, the YouTube followers, Facebook followers, Instagram followers. I, I appreciate it all. Um, so with that, you know, like always, go out there and live your life. Have fun. Do what you want to do, man. Have no zero days. Do something every single day. Um, just go out there and have fun, man. That's all I can say. Uh, with that, this is uh, episode 24, and I had Braden on from 605 Outdoors, located in South Dakota, and I am out. This is Grindstone Adventures, and I am Zach Fear.